0: Welcome back to Bad on Paper podcast. I'm Becca Freeman. I'm Grace Atwood. It's just us today. It's just us. We have a really fun topic today. I'm excited. We're talking all about personality types.
1: Yes, it's going to be a fun one. So we're talking about Enneagrams and love languages and personality tests. It's fun. Love a good test. Yes, we both love a good test.
0: Okay, so before we get into it, though, let's talk about our highs and our lows for the week. I'm just getting really excited
1: to have fun Thanksgiving plans with my family, and it's it's kind of a bummer because it's just my parents and I. But I love get I love my parents, and I love getting quality time with them. So I'm going home for almost a week, so it's just been like one of those like it's we've had a very hectic couple months with travel for the live shows, and then like this is my busy time for my blog. So. Going home and spending time with my parents is just the best. And then two of my best friends live in Charleston, so I'm going to have a lot of quality time with them. Oh, nice. Yeah, I can't wait. Also, I am on track to make Delta Gold status by the end of the year.
0: Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna take a trip if I need to to make gold because I'll be pissed if you have gold. I know, we I can't. Don't. Literally, one thing I've learned is we can't –
1: have one of us have something and the other one doesn't get have it.
0: We're like those twins from The Devil Wears Prada where it's like, <laughs> you expect my twins to share a copy of Harry Potter?
1: Oh, yeah. Like if a, if a PR agency sends us one copy of the book, I'm like, well, where's Becca's? Or like if Becca gets something and I don't get it, I'm like, where's mine? Like I was like – I dragged my feet so hard on getting Delta pre- – I mean, getting um, TSA pre-check just because like I just am lazy. I don't want to go make that appointment. One day we were we were just walking along and Becca's like, oh, yeah, I have pre-check now. I was like, what? Um, so then, like, of course, the next like I literally on the plane made my appointment to get Delta uh, TSA pre-check. <laughs> so we're bad, <laughs> but I'm going to get gold, which means Becca's going to get gold, too.
0: Yeah. Um. So mine is also Thanksgiving related. So I'm going to Palm Springs for Thanksgiving. So I love Palm Springs. I'm so excited for you. I'm so excited. So my friend Rachel and I are going, we rented a cute little house and we're going to cook a whole feast. She's an amazing cook. So we have like a whole spreadsheet of what we're going to cook and everything sounds delicious. And I think it's going to be really chill. Like I don't think it'll be pool weather necessarily, but it's going to be like sit outside and read weather. Are you into architecture? Um, no, I'm more into interior design than architecture. Okay. After this,
1: there's this really amazing company. It's called Mod Squad and they do these tours. So I, I love interior design and I want to go back because they have an interior design tour too mm. where you basically go and you look at all these amazing mid-century homes. And the, Oh, I'd be the into designs. that. I did the architecture tour and I've never learned so much about like Frank Sinatra. Oh. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, I'm really excited. We don't have a ton of plans. I think uh, my friend Kyle and his husband are going to be there at the same time. So we'll have some friends to hang out with. Just want to read a lot of books and like watch Christmas movies and just generally have a low key time somewhere that's not cold.
1: Yeah, I'm so excited for you. I feel like Charleston and, and Palm Springs are going to be similar climates. Like, yeah. like, not cold, but like not hot.
0: Yeah. And then I think we're going back to LA on Saturday. So I'll have we'll have like a night out in LA before I come home. Oh, that'll be so fun. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Um, what about Lowe's?
1: So I'm just joking that I'm in live show recovery mode. So this month like kicked my butt. Um I don't think I can do six shows in a month long period again. Um I feel old. I feel cranky and tired. Um but I don't know. I just feel like I feel like an old person. That's the best way to put it.
0: I feel great. <laughs> we'll talk about, we're yeah, talk about personality this later in the episode because yeah, com- there are some interesting things that have come to light. Yeah. Um, Milo, is just that I am feeling very adrift with regards to New Year's plans. I don't know what I'm going to do. I told you to come to Charleston. I don't
1: think I want to do that. My friend's having a party. It's going to be awesome.
0: Yeah. we have a So we have a wedding the 28th in San Diego, which I'm very excited for, but it's weird timing. So then I'm like, where do I go from yeah. there? So I'm talking to a bunch of people about like different plans, but I, I don't know. I'm
1: Charleston was the easiest solution for me because I'm flying to Charleston with Tyrion because I'm going to be gone for two mm-hmm. weeks. Flying to Charleston with Tyrion, then flying to San Diego for this wedding, then flying back from San Diego to Charleston because I didn't want to I don't want to leave Tyrion for two weeks so I can leave him with my parents and right. he'll be, it'll be like everyone will be happy. Yeah. But then I figure I'm just going to stay in Charleston for New Year's.
0: Yeah. I was talking to our friend Kate um, when we went to get, go get facials the other weekend about going for a long weekend in Paris. But then I'm like, oh, San Diego to Paris is a long – Oh, that's a long Long flight. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I just – I want to go somewhere. I want to do something. I, for some reason, I feel like I just don't want to be in New York this year for New Year's.
1: Yeah. I feel like our New Year's last year was really boring. Yeah. Well, that party wasn't great, the party I had. It was fine. It was boring. It was because I was in a relationship.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I feel adrift about New Year's plans. It's like, it's not stressful so much, but I'm just like, um, I just feel like a sad sack where I'm like, oh, I want fun plans. Anyway. But guess what
1: time it is, guys? Oh, it's desperation minute. Have you missed this? Because we've been talking about live shows
0: so much. Uh, so guys, what can you do if you like our show? You can leave us a review. Five stars, please. But this is really only for the people who are enjoying the show because we've gotten a couple bad reviews lately. If you don't like the show, you don't have to listen. Correct. Um, go on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. You can just leave us a star rating. But I love when you write a creative little thing. Yeah. I write read all of them. Nice.
1: We, write, we read them all. We send them to each other like – it's, it's our favorite when you write something creative and nice.
0: Make our day. Yeah, do it. All right. Let's get into this topic. So the first thing that we wanted to talk about was love languages. So this is really funny because this is, I feel like, well, I feel like the personality types range from scientific to like unscientific, but this one's actually based on a self-help book. So yeah. it's based on this book called The Five Love Languages, How to Express Heartfelt Commitment to Your Mate, which came out in 1992 by a guy named Gary Chapman. Oh, Gary. Which is really funny, but I I do think he hit on something. Like, I think it's quite true. He did. And
1: I think that it's so great, especially with your friendships and your um, romantic relationships to understand what your partner's love language is and how you can better kind of like show appreciation for them.
0: Okay, so there are five love languages, and then we'll talk about our own, but just for context in case you don't know. Yeah. Um, the five love languages are receiving gifts, words of affirmation, physical touch, acts of service, and quality time. Yes. Okay, great. So what is your love language? So my top one is acts of service, which Becca
1: was surprised about. We were talking about this last night, walking home from drinks. I was. Um, because my second, it's a very close second, is words of affirmation. But like I was telling her, I was like, I love when I get complimented or someone tells me I did a good job with something. But what I really – like, I think as a single woman, like it's just so rare that someone does something for me that I'm just like so excited. Like I remember – um, the guy I dated last year brought me a toilet seat. Like, and I was like, like I need a new toilet gift. seat and he installed it for me and I was just like this is so nice and he like put a light up. Like anytime I was sick, he was like, "Oh, I'll just go to the store and get you this." He cooked for me all the time. I felt so like taken care of. Like no one ever does anything for me, which I mean, I'm very independent and I'm single, so I don't expect anyone to do anything for me. But when someone does, I'm just like, "Oh my god, thank you."
0: I'm. I mean, I'm not surprised, but I am. Like, I really thought that your first was going to be words of affirmation, um, no, not just I like mean, a light compliment, like yeah. "oh, you look cute" or something like that. Yeah. But I feel like you, like you blossom when somebody says something nice to you. I do. I I
1: like being said. I like hearing nice things about myself. But I think I just really like it when someone does something for me. Well, your last one also surprised me. So this one is – gift giving is a tricky one for me because I don't really like presents because it's like, oh, I have a very cluttered apartment full of stuff and like I get a lot of stuff because of my blog. So like I don't really like want things. Like if you – like you got me a great birthday present, that candle. Like mm-hmm. people can give me a candle and I will be so happy or wine But um I just don't really like – Things I love giving things to others, though.
0: So this was surprising to me because I feel like your ex, who was like your long-term ex that you lived with, gave you a lot of
1: nice gifts.
0: And so I was surprised – I was wondering if that changed because of the end of your relationship with him, if you were like burned on gifts.
1: No, he just loved – he liked to shop. Like he liked – buying me things, which sometimes I felt like I was like a little doll. Like he was like, here's this sexier dress. Like he was like trying to change how I dressed or like make me more respectable, like giving me like pearls and like I mean he gave me my Chanel bag. Like let's be honest. Like that was great. That was like I think that was actually like the one thing I ever asked for. I was like because he would spend like thousands of dollars on things. And I was like, well like if you want to get me a Chanel bag for my 30th, that's like the one thing I really, really want. Um I don't know though. Like I I love having nice things and stuff, but I also, like, can buy it for myself, and I don't really, like, want to be showered in gifts by a partner. Yeah. Yeah. It was nice that he gave me those things. I, I wasn't really thinking about that him when I did this. He did give me a lot of good
0: stuff. Yeah. I was wondering if you were, like – But I think it was It more was, like, c- left a bad taste in your mouth where you were, like, no, now gifts are no, not no. my love language.
1: It was more because I, like, felt like I was, like, a little doll, mm-hmm. like, being dressed – and, like, if I f- – God forbid I, like, gained weight and, like,
0: didn't fit into the, like – Well, he um, had very weird things, too. Like, um, like he didn't like gold jewelry, only oh, yeah. silver.
1: And he didn't, like – he, like, loved it. Like, he thought it was, like, so hot when I'd wear a polo shirt. Ooh. Like, it had to be a tight polo shirt. But you know me. I hate polo shirts. It's just not my aesthetic. Um,
0: that was, like, in fashion when I was in college. And but, he like, when you dated him, it was not – he like loved a good bandage dress,
1: so I had like a couple of bandage dresses that I wore only when we were going on date night because I found them like hor- horrifying. <laughs> um,
0: that had a moment too, yeah, that was more on trend at the time you were dating him than polo shirts were,
1: yeah, and I didn't mind like dressing like like it's nice to dress how your partner like thinks you're most attractive, like for them, but I felt like I was like being shopped for because he wanted to change how I dressed, which yeah, was were a some weird feeling. things, there. <laughs>
0: yeah. But the Chanel bag was great, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah, that's maybe an exception to the <laughs> like maybe there should be a caveat, like an asterisk where it's like um lovely receiving gifts, only Chanel, yeah. <laughs> from Chanel, yes, that sounds terrible, oh my God, what about you? Um, so I had to retake the test i I was pretty sure that my top one was acts of service, but then I couldn't remember where the other ones fell. Cause basically it gives you a score for each love language and it can be up to 12. And I think for me, Acts of Service I think was nine. Um and that one oh, not- I didn't take that version of the test. Yeah, there's one on the I think it's just five lovelanguages.com. Okay. It's like the website for the book. So anyway, so I retook the test the other night and my top is definitely Acts of Service. Like I feel flabbergasted when somebody does something that should be my responsibility. Yeah. You know, like, even um, I feel really great when somebody even just takes um, takes charge of making plans. Oh, my God.
1: When someone else makes the
0: reservation, that is my love language. Oh, yeah. When somebody else just, like, figures out what we're going to do, oh, mm-hmm. that's huge. But also, like, even small things, like when you start the outline, because I feel like <laughs> it's a shared responsibility. I'm like, Oh,
1: my God. No, it's the best. When I went in and I saw all the work you had done on the outline, I was like, oh, my God, this is the
0: best. Yeah. So my my top one is definitely acts of service. I feel like – I always feel surprised when that happens and, like, overjoyed. Mm-hmm. So that one always gets me. My second one is quality time, which I noticed did not make your top. Mm-mm. I don't want quality time. I do. I want like quality one-on-one time people. I want to just text you. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, to- yeah, you're I'm like, totally kidding. You're like, just send me a Chanel bag and send texts.
1: <laughs> no, no. I I do love quality time. Like I, You're like, hey,
0: go out there and do some acts of service for me. Get out of my house.
1: I like small one-on-one time. If I'm dating someone, I do want quality time. I think I was also burned because my last ex wanted to see me like every night and I was just like, I cannot do this. Like, I am so tired. Like, I just felt very drained because I didn't have any time for me. And he'd be like, what are you doing? I'd be like, oh, I'm just taking a bath and reading a book. And he was like, great, I'll come over. I was like, no, no, this is not – this is not for you time. This is my time.
0: Yeah. So quality time is my second. And then my last is physical touch, which (laughs) – I Physical touch ranked pretty high for me, actually. I mean, I guess it depends on the context. There, So there were a lot of questions where it was like, how do you feel when a friend gives you a big hug? And I was like, weird. Yeah. No, the questions in there were
1: weird. It was like, I like to sit close to my friends.
0: <laughs> yeah, the like, questions were weird. Like,
1: if it's a romantic thing, like, I want to be touched. I don't want my friends to touch me.
0: Or, like, <laughs> I also don't love PDA necessarily. Yeah, I know. Like it depends what the context is. Like if you're on a date, it's fine and it's just the two of you, but like if you're at a party or a group thing, like I, I don't PDA, no. So, yeah, I this came up last. I want to say that it's kind of biased because of the que- the weird question. The weird questions. But yeah, mhm. Yeah, I think my last I think my second to last was gift giving, which if I was to guess mine I would have said was last, but yeah. Who knows? But you give good gifts. I feel like you're you're like me. You like to give gifts. It depends. It, so the next question I had was, how do you show love? And um, I'm a very good gift giver for some people. You've given me some of my
1: favorite presents. She bought me my fuck snow globe, which is still like the best gift I've ever gotten. Even um, better than
0: the Chanel bag. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm good at shopping for you. Like, there's definitely some people in my life that I'm good at shopping for. But then there's other people that I'm just like no idea
1: yeah you know yeah so actually that little corner is like my best gifts I've ever been given the the gnome with the middle finger from Alex and Mm -hmm. the fuck snow globe from you
0: yeah I'm I feel like I'm a uh not a sporadic gift giver but like my gift giving track record is is like all over the place yeah you know like for a wedding like I'm never the person that like comes up with a really creative gift I'm like here's money yeah well that's what they
1: want like shop people are always like what's your best gift idea for a wedding i'm like something they asked for off of the registry because they researched what they want
0: right so yeah i'm sometimes gift giving but also i don't know like i always wish i was the person that mailed out like little presents for my best girlfriends who don't live in new york's birthday and never do i
1: used to be like that i i'm one thing i am good at is I, you know, get a lot of books sent to me as well as beauty products. So I make boxes for my mom and my sisters and my aunt. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't think gift giving is mine. I think that, well, I mean, realistically, how I show love is light bullying. It's true. (laughs) It's like sarcasm and like ribbing somebody is how you know I like you, which I don't know why anyone is my friend or likes me, but um. Somehow they do. I don't know if it's received as love. Maybe I'm a hard person to be with. But no one's um, left a
1: review lately saying that you're mean to me. Maybe you haven't been mean enough to me. Do you still
0: like me? I do still like you. Maybe I'm just mean off off the mic. (laughs) Um, I mean, honestly, that's how I show love. But within these love languages, I would say probably like acts of service or words of affirmation would be how I show love.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely like giving gifts and then acts of service. But with the giving gifts, I'm I'm also sporadic. Like I'm great at like finding something that I will give you. Like tomorrow, I just found this thing that's very you and I give it to you because I think you'll like it. But your birthday, I might be drawing a blank. So I just get you a Lobo candle because I know you'll like it, but mm-hmm. it's not very exciting. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I don't know. Do you think it's accurate? I do. It's really weird because this is such a self-helpy concept. Where um, do you remember in Friends when Rachel reads that book about like the Wind Keeper? Like five love languages sounds like such a crock of bullshit, but I really do think it like is pretty representative. And it's also interesting to hear how different peoples can be.
1: Yeah, I think it. I think it. Um, it's accurate. I do think that the physical touch questions definitely sway it because I do like physical touch and I don't I wouldn't want a partner who's like really cold toward me or didn't like touch me a lot but I don't want to be tu- like I don't want to sit close to my friends or like um, like be hugged by I like a hug from a friend but like it was it made it the questions skewed it I feel like
0: yeah the questions were weird yeah but yeah no I do feel like it's accurate like I yeah. do see a lot where I'm like oh yeah acts of service is something that I like greatly appreciate yeah. as somebody expressing their um, like somebody doing something for me is like a way that I feel really loved. Yes, same.
1: It's funny about the reservations thing or making a plan. That's like my, like if someone's like, here, I made us a reservation this time. I'm like, oh my God, thank
0: you. Because I feel like I'm really organized. So I often get stuck making the plan or same. like wrangling everyone because I'm obsessed with my calendar and I'm like, yeah. Decently organized. So when somebody takes that on for me, that's like a huge.
1: I also feel like it, plans won't get made if I don't do it. Like I won't see. I see you constantly, but other friends, I see you too. I, much. I won't see if <laughs> I. I see her like at least once a day, um, but with other friends, I won't see them unless I. Initiate an email. I make the reservation. I set everything
0: up. Well, I also don't like last minute plans, you know? Like, I very rarely, well, I mean, it depends what it is. Like, if you were like, hey, obviously not this week because we have a live show on Friday, but if you were like, hey, come downstairs and let's order sushi, that's fine. But like, if I got home on a Friday night from like meetings or, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever I had work wise that day and somebody was like, hey, let's go out and go out to dinner, like, No. Very rarely would I be like, yeah, I want to put on a full face of makeup and like get dressed and go somewhere if it hadn't already been on my radar. Like not to say I don't want to have Friday plans, but I don't want to have like surprise Friday plans.
1: Oh, absolutely. Friday nights are sacred to me. Like I will make plans on a Friday every now and again. I mean, we had our live show on a Friday, but mostly like it has to be either planned or... Like, I just like to have a few days' notice for anything that requires dressing nicely and like putting makeup on.
0: Right. So that's why I feel like I, in in some friendships, am more responsible for plans because I'm less sporadic than, or not sporadic, I'm less um, spontaneous. Yes. I'm not than spontaneous. Other people. Yes.
1: This is why we get along. Yeah. Um. Should we take a quick sponsor break? Yeah. Let's. Wait, do- we're going to talk about Enneagrams next, but first, we're going to talk about Borghese. So we're very excited to talk about this sponsor. It's become one of our favorites. I mean, it's become one of my favorites. What about you?
0: I'm really into this. So I'm new to this brand. I've been trying my way through all of their products. And I'm like very impressed by everything I've tried. So Becca, just say it. Why do you like this brand so much? I like it because it was created by a princess. (laughs) That sounds like the plot line to a book that I would read. Like a princess who is like, I'm tired of sitting here and not having a career and like, I'm going to make a beauty brand would read that book. So Borghese was um, created by princess Marcella Borghese and it was inspired by the Italian spa culture And um, she wanted to allow anyone, anywhere to bring the spa home. So she created this line, and it's now been around for 62 years. They're actually the first brand to bring mud masks to the market back in 1985. So as I was saying, I've been trying a lot of their products. I've liked everything I've tried. I've tried the moisturizer. I've tried the cleanser. But the thing that I've liked the most is the mud masks. So they're really quick, but they work really well. And I can't get over the fact that you only need to leave them on for two to five minutes, and that makes such a big difference.
1: I know. So one thing I love about those mud masks is that they're in 2.7-ounce jars, so they're TSA-friendly. If you follow me on Instagram, you know this already, but I've been taking them with me on the the live show tour. So for me, after one of those live shows, there is nothing better than
0: a bath and a mud mask. I'm obsessed. Okay, so I also want to say that they have really great Holiday gift sets, and what I would do is um, go on their website and get one of the gift sets for yourself because it's a way I taught you this. I know, but I'm saying it's such a good idea. It's a way to try a bunch of their products mm-hmm. for not that expensive. I think the um, and they're T- they're all TSA they're friendly all then. TSA friendly, so it's great travel products, mm-hmm. and they're under a hundred. Like the gift sets are under a hundred dollars. Like it's such a great way to try a new brand. And we have a code you can apply to it as well. But anyway, back to the masks. So fango means mud in Italian. And um, I'm really obsessed with two of the mud masks. So the first one is the fango delicato mask, which is a moisturizing mask for delicate skin. So especially after um, our live shows when I've been wearing a ton of makeup, I feel like this one is really great to um just like get moisture back into my skin. So this is the light green one. Really like this one. And then I've also been really into the Fango Uniforme, which is the dark gray one. And that one um is really great before an event and it gives you it's kind of like a, yeah it gives you a glow. Yeah yeah
1: you gotta try the white one though. the white one's my personal favorite. that so, one I haven't tried yet. It's the Thingo repartivo, and it's funny that you talk about the um the light green one for moisture because this one is like super moisturizing. So I've just personally found that a lot of mud masks are really great for deep cleansing, but they can leave my skin red and dry, and that's just not the case with this one. It deep cleanses and gets out any impurities, but it's not irritating. It's actually really soothing,
0: yeah. So we have a special offer for you for 25% off site-wide at Borghese.com. Enter code BOP25 at checkout. So again, go to Borghese.com. It's B-O-R-G-H-E-S-E.com. And enter code BOP25 at checkout. And I really think you should get one of these gift sets because the um, there's one that has um, a bunch of the mud masks in them. Yes oh i'm
1: I'm mm-hmm. while you're there, get some hand masks i i We didn't even talk about the hand masks in this out they're my favorite
0: yeah, i'm just so impressed by everything I've tried from this brand. It's a great brand, yeah, all right. Let's talk about Enneagrams, which I am very into. So wait, how did you find out about enneagrams?
1: I actually found out about enneagrams from my um my ex, like the oh, one I dated for a long time. I
0: thought it was going to be for me. No,
1: his mom was super into it. Oh. And I've since taken it and I don't remember what but my type weren't was. But
0: you were into it because a while ago I remember you telling no. me that you were like you were like I'm a type type 579 and I was like no you're not. Yeah. That's no, not a type. And it wasn't
1: 579. It was three kinds, but it definitely wasn't those three. No, I tried it like years ago and I got I was like whatever. Like you know when you break up with someone you're like I don't care about this thing anymore. Um but I it was years ago. Oh, interesting. Yeah. His mom like got me the book. And oh. and she like, she was like I want to know what type you are before you date my son. And I was like, "Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll take this." Was
0: she was she happy with it or not Yeah, happy? she
1: I, apparently I had a good enough type. Oh, okay. Yeah but like god forbid i was a bad type i don't know i don't th- i don't think any of the types are bad they
0: all have good and bad parts yeah. of them yeah yeah i only found out about them pretty recently like in the past 2 years maybe um so there's this podcast that i sometimes listen to it's called selfie and i really like some of them but the the two women who host it they're great but they are both moms of older children, like their children are middle oh. school aged or something. So sometimes I can't relate, but they're both super into Enneagrams and they did, I think they did deep dive episodes on each type. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, that was my first exposure to it. And I was like, oh, okay. And I took the quiz and I was like, holy shit. Because you, I read the description. And I was like, oh, this is me. Mm-hmm. Like somebody had a conversation with me and then like wrote this on paper and like, Yes, this is me summed up. Mm-hmm. It just so is so accurate. Yeah, it's crazy how accurate it is. Okay, so should we just really quickly run through the different types so people who maybe aren't familiar with enneagrams have a baseline? Yes. So there are again, there's eight type, nine types. nine, nine types,
1: and you can have like a wing to something. But um, the first one is the reformer. So this is type one. They're rational, idealistic, um, principled, purposeful, self-controlled, and a perfectionist. Then there's type two. Um, And type two is um, they're very caring, interpersonal. Um, They're demonstrative with their their emotions. They're generous. They're definitely people-pleasing. And they can be a little bit possessive. And then the next one is that they, the success-oriented one, which is called the achiever, type three. Um, they're pragmatic. They're adaptive. They like to excel. They're very driven. And they're image conscious. I'm laughing because we're both threes.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> so then four is the individualist. So it's somebody who's sensitive and withdrawn, like somebody who's expressive and dramatic and self-absorbed and temperamental, <laughs> like an artist type. Then, number five is the investigator. So, somebody who's very intense and cerebral, somebody who's like perceptive, innovative, um, but maybe a little secretive and isolated. And then, six is the loyalist. So, somebody who's really committed, security oriented, Um, they're responsible, they're anxious, they're maybe a little suspicious. Then there's type 7, which is called
1: the enthusiast. So this person is busy and fun-loving. They're spontaneous, they're versatile, distractible, and scattered. This is the opposite of me. <laughs> then there's um type 8, which is the challenger. This person is powerful and dominating. They're self-confident, decisive, willful, and confrontational. And lastly is type 9, the peacemaker. They're easygoing, they're self-effacing, they're receptive, reassuring, agreeable, and complacent.
0: Yeah. So the way it works is that you have a main type and then you have a wing, which is one of the two adjacent numbers. So we're both type threes and we'll go into that. And so as a type three, you can be a three wing two or a three wing four, but you can't be like a three wing nine because they're I, not numbers. Yeah, that are next so to I thought each other. I was a three wing five, which is wrong. Um. <laughs> so anyway, like that's how it works. There's Tests online, just Google Enneagram quiz. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a ton of them. I can't remember the one that I've taken before, but we'll link it in the show notes in case you – I don't know if there's like more or less accurate ones. Okay. So I think this is really interesting because we're both threes, but we have different wings. Yeah. So I'll read the type three (laughs) summary, which is from – I took this from the Enneagram Institute. So – Threes are self-assured, attractive, Attractive. and charming. They're ambitious, competent, and energetic. They can also be status conscious and highly driven for advancement. They're diplomatic and poised, but can also be overly concerned with their image and what others think of them. They typically have problems with workaholism and competitiveness. (laughs) At their best, they're self-accepting, authentic, and everything they seem to be role models who inspire others. Becca, we're role models kind of. Okay. So I'm a 3 wing 4. And so that subtype is called the expert. And I'm I'm such a know-it-all. Like this is like very me. Um so I took this from another very reputable website called Crystal Nose. I feel like when I was doing research for this, all of the Enneagram websites are like built on GeoCities. They all look so crappy. Yeah, they're terrible. Maybe I should get the book because I can't remember the name of it, but there is like a very famous like book that has all the information on all of the types. Okay, But anyway, from Crystal Nose. So three wings, three wing fours tend to find much of their identity in their work and are very task focused. So their most basic desire is to succeed and feel valued. That may show by seeking validation of their hard work and successes. I'm like cringing because this is so me. Ugh. So... Experts, which is the name of the type, defend themselves by adapting or changing their personalities to fit their environment. This makes them great communicators, but may also lead them to being misunderstood or feeling fraudulent. So this made me really LOL. <laughs> so there was a thing that said how to communicate with a type three wing four in email. And it was like, be concise and direct when emailing.
1: She gets uh, so uh, mad at me when I, I email.
0: fucking hate emailing with Grace. And address specific details of a situation. <laughs> so the the thing that annoys me about emailing with Grace is that Grace always needs to have the last word. And she sends these like overly effusive. She's like, amazing. Thank you so much. This is wonderful. But she like always needs to have the last word. So when we're having a I lot. I always of- want to say thank you. I leave it with that. <laughs> when We're having a lot of chains of people. I'll go into my inbox and I'll just have like 20 emails from Grace that I'm copied on to other people that are like these like flowery emails. <laughs> like I can't not concise. handle
1: it.
0: <laughs> I need to be concise and direct and address
1: specific details of the situation. Well, I mean,
0: there's other people on the chains who may not be three wing fours. So yeah. I'm not saying that you should change it, but I'm, I'm not changing. I like to be positive. Oh, my God. It, like it made me laugh so hard because I was like, yes, this is how I want to be communicated with. Yeah. Um, so I didn't used to think that I identified with the four side, but I really think I do because there is something about me that is like a little bit contrarian where if too many people like something, I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. Or if too many people want me to do something, I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. Like for no reason. Like, um, when I was doing, uh, when I was trying mascaras, like, honestly, like, too many people recommend the L'Oreal Lash Paradise, where I was Which like... It's a great mascara. I know. But I was like, no, not not doing it. Like, I I specifically picked another one, even though that one had hundreds of recommendations. So, like, there is part of me that is, like, the individualist that, like, wants to do something different. Um, And I also hate being told what to do. So, like, I think that is the type four part. Yeah. But, yeah, like, I... The more I think about it, the more that I'm like, yes, I'm definitely a three wing four, not a three wing two. Yeah. The other thing I looked up before we move on to you (laughs) was famous three wing fours. And like, take this with a grain of salt. Like, this all came from like random, terrible websites. And they probably are just made up because I don't know how they would know this. But famous (laughs) three wing fours Brad Pitt, Gwyneth Paltrow, Madonna, George Stephanopoulos. Richard Gere, Andy Warhol. Yeah, and Jennifer Love Hewitt. They like, she's the one that I could be like, yeah, I could see her talking about her Enneagram type online. But do
1: you think Andy Warhol did the Enneagram test? No, like, I think they're just like making things up.
0: But I thought this was so funny.
1: Yeah, I did too.
0: Okay, wait. So now you explain yours. You're a three wing
1: two. Yeah, so I'm a three wing two, which is. I also found mine to be very spot on. So three wing two is called the enchanter. So we are basically motivated because we are f- afraid of failing and being unworthy of love. So we avoid this by setting a comp- and accomplishing goals in order to feel successful and worthy. Our basic desire is to be admired and accepted. We seek value through our accomplishments. And our worst character trait is our obsession with image and what other people
0: think of us. Wait, so that's really interesting because it sounds like from this that the three-wing four is a striving type where I'm obsessed with achieving, whereas yours is more motivated out of fear where it's like... Yeah,
1: it's interesting. Um, I mean, like I always say, like I work really hard because I'm like terrified of failing and terrified of like having to have a boss again. Mm -hmm. Because again, like the problem with having a boss is that I'm such a people pleaser and I feel like I never measure up and like... I've, I'm never like good enough. Um, so I thought that mine was really spot on. Like I think that one of my biggest flaws and something I've, I've been really working on the past couple of years is this thing where like you're kind of a chameleon and you adjust your pers- your personality to your audience. So you're like – like this, this likens it to playing a character versus being yourself. Um, so again, it's something I'm working on but like I do definitely like – have seen fallen, like especially with dating where like I start just telling the person the things I know they want to hear versus just like being completely myself.
0: Oh, that's interesting because um, one of the things that I admired about you so much from the first time, like from very early in our friendship um, when we worked together at Bubble Bar and, and like we weren't great friends yet, like we were friendly. Well, I didn't
1: like you at first. <laughs> well, no, I think it was like after <laughs> no,
0: that. No, I know, I know. Yeah. But um, was that you were like, A fucking stone cold weirdo. Yeah, yeah. Like you're very strange and you don't hide that. And I, at the time, because when we met, I was in my mid-20s and you were in your early 30s. And I remember admiring that so much being like, oh, wow, like we're at work and she's not trying to be like, I'm professional. She's like, look at my weird cat toy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, and I definitely am. It's more just like I have to watch myself that, like, I try and, like, conform to, like, my who I'm around. Mm-hmm. But, again, it's something I've been working on. Katie Storino gave me the best compliment. Like, she was, like, one thing I really like about you is how, how direct you are in that, like, if I like something or don't like something, I just say it. Um, but that's just, like, something that's taken a lot of work and, like, and just, like, being myself.
0: Oh, that's funny. I don't know that I consider you super direct. Oh, really? Well, I because I can think of a lot of instances of something that you don't like and you just like, I can picture the smile and nod and you being like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) (laughs) mm-hmm.
1: Well, I think it's also with people I don't know. Like if we're at dinner with a stranger or like something, like what's an example?
0: I can't think of anything, but I can very, like, in my mind's eye, I can see this face that you make and, like, the way that you say, mm-hmm, and, like, not at something that you, like, I know that you don't like, but you're yeah. not willing to tell that person. Well, if like, it's I don't a think you do person. it to me. No. But I-
1: <laughs> Maybe, like, you and Katie, I just say whatever I'm thinking. <laughs> but um, I was like, I thought that was, like, the best compliment when she told me I was really direct. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, that's funny. I definitely have done that. I'm picturing the same face. <laughs> I know what you're talking about.
0: I added some famous three-wing twos for you, Thanks too. Thanks for
1: doing that. You guys, guess who else is a three-wing two? I'm sure she's taken the personality test.
0: Cindy Crawford. Should we DM her and be like, Cindy, are you?" I read online that you're an Enneagram type three-wing two. I think I DM her enough. Um, so also Tom
1: Cruise, Oprah. Oprah. That's Oprah. such a good one. Um. Sharon Stone, Paul McCartney. <laughs> Wait, O.J. Simpson. O.J.
0: Simpson, yeah. Because you know O.J. Simpson took the Enneagram. And there was like a – um Oh, Dick Clark. On the site where I took this off of, it was like O.J. Simpson and it was like da da da. Threes are sneaky. Oh, my God. <laughs> threes are sneaky. Dick Clark, Bill Clinton, also sneaky. Um,
1: Britney Spears, Jamie Oliver, and Arnold Schwarzenegger.
0: These this is so celebrity lists crack me up. Yeah,
1: yeah. Wait, so what about the difference between a three-wing four and a three-wing two?
0: Okay, so first of all, take this all with a huge grain of salt because this is all stuff that I lifted from message boards mostly. But I I think it's true. It's just weirdly sourced. Okay, so one thing that is not true in our case is that it's said that three-wing twos are typically more extroverted than three-wing fours.
1: No, but I think because of the whole chameleon thing, I can fake
0: extroversion. But I'm... I actually extroverted and three wing fours are more have a tendency towards like introversion. Yeah. So that's the one thing that didn't drive for us. Okay. So three wing four. So for me. It says, you care more about prestige and wealth compared to the three wing two, who cares more about being the most liked and admired one. (laughs) I like to be liked. And then this one I I thought rang really true for us. So three wing four, you might enjoy negative reactions if it validates what you want to be, especially to any three, but mostly three wings four who are generally darker and less energetic than three wing twos. (laughs) But like, I think that that's true because like, I feel like you're more bothered than, by negative feedback than I am. Yeah,
1: just I think that it's interesting is we will get negative reviews. Like we've been getting reviews from people who have been listening to the be- since the beginning and they're just so upset that we stopped reading young adult books and we still read young adult books, but that's not the point.
0: That type of commentary really does bother me where it's like people who are like, this used to be great. And now it's awful. Um, but I do feel like generally a negative feedback. I-, I think I take it better than you. Yeah, I just get upset. Um, cause I just feel like I, I want people to like what we're putting out there. But that's, that's part of our types. Three wins, yeah. fours, like, it sounds like enjoy negative reactions if it validates what you want. Yeah, absolutely. So. And then also it says more independent and private. Interesting.
1: I, cause I think like, I don't know if you could get more independent than, I don't know. Um
0: well I was thinking that maybe some of that comes from and I don't know how much of this is like nature versus nurture yeah. but um, from like being an only child
1: oh yeah maybe so then the three wing two says <laughs> because of the wing two they might feel entitled or believe that they deserve special respect and might get very angry or vengeful if they don't get what they believe they deserve I only picked out the ones that I thought were relevant <laughs> <laughs> I definitely get angry if I don't think I'm getting what I deserve. What's an example? I'm trying to think. Like, I think I deserve a Duncan sponsorship. Like,
0: um, <laughs> you, I, I, so I, re- I don't know if this is um a great example, but I remember you lost your mind when we were in DC for our first live show, and. We wanted an early check-in and they weren't able to accommodate it like two hours. We hadn't told them and then it was like two hours before um, regular check-in and you like lost your mind. I I don't think I had eaten.
1: Um, I was upset. Yeah. I don't think that's an example though of thinking I deserve something and getting upset cuz like i get very upset when like and this is the libra quality too like justice is very important to me and if i feel that someone is being treated unfairly or poorly i get like this is like i think of carly with this i get so protective of her because she gets so much shit on the internet for like like i just don't understand why she gets it like she's not doing anything bad like
0: but i think this is about you not other people no
1: i but i get it about other people too mm. um Yeah, no, if I feel that I deserve something and I'm not getting it, I get upset. It also says that we're more chameleon-y, which, again, is something that, like, I I definitely acknowledge and accept about myself and I'm working on because I don't like feeling like I'm that way. And then you definitely need more external approval, which is also true.
0: So one thing I didn't write here that I read but felt very true was it was, like, three wing twos are succeeding – because of everyone who's helped them along the way and then it's like three wing twos are succeeding to prove it to anyone who said they couldn't <laughs> which is so me because i'm like i have a real like fuck you mentality sometimes oh I i'm do like too. very petty
1: i'm very petty and like i feel like so many people made fun of my blog when i started it and like now they like come to me and are like I- so i want to start this thing and i'm like oh no i know that you talk shit about me for years like i don't know yeah yeah
0: so we have the same personality type. So this ep- episode is like not very representative of the other types. Like if you're a type three like us, you're like just sitting there being like, yep, I'm yeah. a monster too. Yeah. But so I, I emailed a bunch of our past guests to ask them what type they were. And I thought this was the most on brand thing that the only person who replied to me without prompting was Morgan from NYC Book Girl, who's also a type three. And it's like just the most type three move to like yeah. be the teacher's petty. Like it yeah. would kill me to like not respond to an email that was like directly to me asking me a question. Oh, she wrote back within like six hours and she was like, I'm a three wing too. And here's why this is like exactly why it's accurate. Yeah. She's also a Virgo like me. Yeah. No, Morgan,
1: Morgan is our people. She's our youth friend, but she's... She's our yeah. people.
0: So then Carly is also a three and I talked to her about this in person, but I can't remember which wing she is. That doesn't surprise me. I think me. she's a three-wing too. I wouldn't
1: be surprised. And it's funny because Carly and Morgan remind me a lot of each other. I think they I look similar, that. but they also are very bookish and just like similar personalities.
0: I can see that. Yeah. Um. And then the only other people that I got – I don't have a good cross-section here. So – I know Kate Kennedy, who is an upcoming guest, but she hasn't been on the podcast. But I figured some people probably listen to her podcast. Yeah. I believe she's a
1: four-wing three. So that's the individualist Mm -hmm. with the achiever wing.
0: Yes. That makes sense. Yeah. And then Ashley Spivey is an eight-wing seven, which is known as the nonconformist. This, I mean, if you look what if you follow her social media, it totally makes sense. So she felt like this was super accurate. So it's her description was nonconformists are self confident, sociable, and pragmatic in their behavior. They're ambitious and independent, preferring to follow their own path. And the thing that felt the most like her is it said one of the biggest personality traits of the Eight Wing Seven is advocacy for the rights of others. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you, if everyone follows her, you should. Um, but she did her like clear the lists thing or she's she's one of the most outspoken people when like either she believes something is wrong or like talking about politics, even though people don't want to hear it or like advocating for those who are, um, you know, in financial situations and like need help. Like it's that felt very true of her. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. She also said Scorpios tend to be eights.
1: Interesting. My sister's a Scorpio, but I don't think she's an eight. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I wish we knew more. Maybe when this episode goes live, we'll, like, have gotten more answers and we can share them on social media.
1: Yeah, that'll be fun. Come to the Facebook group and talk about your Enneagram.
0: Yeah, but I wanted to know more guests so that people will have, like, they'll know who they are so they yeah. can be like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I was surprised Hitha didn't get back to me. I thought that she was a three. It is definitely a three. We'll see.
1: I think she's a three-wing four.
0: Well, she didn't answer, so maybe she's not a three. Yeah, maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. The other thing I'll say, if you're into Enneagrams, one of my favorite Instagram accounts, it's called Rude Ass Enneagram. R-U-D-E-A-S-S, and then Enneagram. And it's Enneagram memes, and oh my god, they're deadly accurate. I think I unfollowed them. Oh my god, I love it. Well it's annoying because they post them for all the types. So sometimes you get your feed gets clogged and you're like, I'm not a type nine, I don't care. Yeah. Um but I think I like laugh hysterically at myself for I wish there was an Enneagram
1: just about type threes.
0: Um, there probably is. Yeah. But I've made a bunch of my friends take it too, and it's it's so funny. Like it's just I feel like it's so accurate for everyone. Yeah. It's a great test.
1: Highly recommend it. Yeah. Yeah. Should we take another quick sponsor break?
0: Yeah, let's do it. Okay, let's take a break from a word from one of our sponsors. You guys,
1: we have a new sponsor today, and it's one that I'm really excited about. It's FabFitFun. So FabFitFun is a seasonal subscription box with full-size beauty, fitness, fashion, and lifestyle products. You've gotten FabFitFun before, right? Yes, I used to be a subscriber a few years ago. I loved it. And then when I moved to Brooklyn,
0: I unsubscribed and it kind of just fell off my radar. Honestly, Grace, the first thing that I said when we got our boxes in the mail, I texted you and I was like, I am shook. This I, box is incredible. I don't know why I've never done this before. I
1: don't know how you didn't how it wasn't on your radar. So The box is only $49.99, but it's guaranteed to be valued at at least $200, and I think that's pretty conservative. We got slippers. We got a body scrub. We got three full-size hair products. Um, There was an eyeshadow palette, a body wash, a makeup towel, and a necklace. So I don't even think that was everything, Um, but there's so much
0: good stuff inside there. What was your favorite thing? Oh, so I'm obsessed with the shampoo and conditioner that we got. That brand is so good. I know. So it's a full-size bottle of the new shampoo and conditioner from r co It's their television line for perfect hair, and I really like it. And this is something that I would have gone out and bought myself, and I was just so shocked that it was a full-size salon-quality shampoo and conditioner and it's like a brand that I know and I really love. Well, yeah. And there was that dry bar d- detangler in there too. Mm-hmm. Like for those three hair products, that
1: would be $50 easily. Easily. Yeah. What was your favorite? Mine is the Frank Body Scrub. Oh, I so, love that. Yes. Do you remember when we worked at Bottle Bar? Rover, our, our friend Danielle Rover got us into it. Mm-hmm. And she was like, this stuff turns your skin to silk. And it absolutely does. Like it is just it's so nice. It's one of those caffeine scrubs. It's got Mm -hmm. coffee grinds in it. It smells great. It smells great. It wakes you up. It literally turns your skin to silk. It's wonderful.
0: So, another thing that I love about FabFitFun is that you can actually customize most of the elements in your box. So, there's a few things that everyone gets, but then you get to choose some of your own hero products so you can make it worth it. And, like, you get something that you know you're going to love. So, for instance, instead of the shampoo and conditioner, you could have chosen a Jonathan Adler candle or a Rebecca Minkoff beanie and glove set.
1: Like, those are both awesome. So, one thing I do want to say is that the boxes do usually sell out. So, if you're interested, and you should definitely be interested. You should absolutely sign up. Their winter boxes just came out, and if you're starting to think about holiday gifts, this is an incredible present to someone. So you only pay 49.99 and then they get a present with over $200
0: worth of stuff. Yeah, that's a good gift. Yeah. Okay. So, as if that isn't enough, I'm sold. We have a code for you so you can also get $10 off your first box with code BOP at fabfitfun.com. So again, that's $10 off your first box with code BOP at fabfitfun.com. I am very excited to keep getting this. I'm so ha- I'm I was so happy when my box came in the mail. It's amazing. Yeah, it's like my birthday. Mm-hmm. Love it. Back to the episode. Should we talk a little bit about Myers Briggs? Yes, let's do it.
1: So Myers-Briggs it gets a little bit technical and like there's I've taken like the long paid test version of this like years ago.
0: Yeah, I feel like this is the most um like scientific from like a psych- psychology perspective one. Like I feel yeah. like the Enneagram is like a little touchy feely and this one's like mm-hmm. more serious.
1: So the first one is you're either an I or an E, which is just an introvert versus an extrovert. And we're going to talk more about introverts and extroverts, but um, it's pretty self-explanatory. I think the biggest thing is with this is how do you gain your energy? So do you gain energy and recharge by being alone or do you gain energy and recharge by being around other people?
0: Um, And then the next one is S or N. So
1: I don't know anyone with S in theirs, by the way.
0: Hmm, I don't think I do either. So it's sensor or intuition. So a sensor is good at concrete and tangible things. So I think it's somebody who's like very literal. So they will enjoy a learning environment where the material is presented in a detailed sequential manner. They tend to focus on what's happening in the present and can only focus on the abstract big picture after that.
1: And then there's a T or an F. And so that's thinking or feeling. So I am – a feeler whereas Beck is a thinker. Um so it's more of like how you make your decisions is like it head like or how you feel heart. yeah head or heart exactly.
0: Yeah and then the last one is judging or perceiving. Yeah. Um so I am an ENTJ. My type is the commander. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm very at peace with the bad parts of my personality. I am too. It's fine. (laughs) So I don't really care. Um, So the description from – I think it's this website called – I think it's called 16 personalities. Um, So commanders are natural born leaders. People with this personality type embody the gifts of charisma and confidence and project authority in a way that draws crowds together behind a common goal. So welcome to my cult. Um, however, commanders are also characterized by an often ruthless level of rationality using their drive, determination, and sharp minds to achieve whatever end they've set for themselves. Perhaps it's best if they only make up 3% of the population. Oh my gosh. Well, my
1: type is also very rare. So I'm an INFJ, which is called the advocate. So the advocate personality is very rare. It makes up less than 1% of the population. That's interesting. Yeah. But nonetheless, they – this is the site, not me. They leave their mark on the world. So advocates have an inborn sense of idealism and morality, but what sets them apart is that they're not idle dreamers. So these individuals are capable of taking the concrete steps to realize their goals and make a lasting positive impact.
0: Yeah. I am I mean – I've taken this test many times over many years and I always get the same result. Same. And I do think it's it's fairly accurate. Like I'm organized like on a group project I'm I want to be in charge like I it's like this is part of my personality and I think like on the negative side like I'm not very empathetic, you know, where I'm like get over it, suck it up, like I'm very rational and I'm like wait, what was that quote that
1: was it Molly? Oh,
0: Ashley said about me.
1: Ashley said something so funny it's about so you, true. and I was like, "Fuck, that's really true." And I was like, "Becca, you should work on that." And she was like, "I don't want to." What it
0: was, was it? It was like I can't remember where the quote was from, but it's like, um, "It was like, oh, you stubbed your toe." It's like, like fail. Uh, it's like tragedy <laughs> is when tragedy is when it happens to me, and comedy is when it happens to you, or something. And I was like, "Oh, if Becca, like, if you were in a ditch, like." Becca would, like,
1: be like, get up. But if she stubbed her toe, she'd be like, "It's it, this is – the
0: the world is ending.
1: <laughs> I don't remember. It just made me laugh.
0: I'm not very empathetic. <laughs>
1: oh well, I think
0: part of that is true. I think that I'm not very empathetic to other people. But I also don't feel like I – like, I do have a get over it mentality for myself, too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm not a wallower.
1: Yeah. No, you're definitely not a wallower. For
0: myself. So it's not like I have – I feel like I have the same standards for myself and other people. Yeah, you do, but I don't have a very high tolerance for.
1: But it was so funny when you said that. I was it's like,
0: very true. I wish I could remember the quote. It was
1: great. I don't remember. We have to ask her.
0: <laughs> I just I laughed so hard at that. It's one. true. Yeah, but I do think that as I've gotten older, I've just become more accepting of my personality type. So, I'll yeah. just like as a quick sidebar. So, when I was at. Lola, we took – we had this, like, career coach, executive coach come in, and um, with our executive team, she did this personality type test called the DISC, and she did it with the whole company. And basically, I would say that DISC is similar to, like, Myers-Briggs, but it's specific to work. It's not just for life. Yeah. And it gives you this, like, huge detailed report And it was really funny because a lot of the younger girls in the office were like really horrified by this personality test because they saw the negative aspects of their report and were like, oh, my God, I can't. This is really true, but I can't believe that I'm like this. And but the thing is, is that like every personality type, like every personality has positives and negatives. And I feel like I've just not grown to not be as bothered by the negatives because it's like you can't be perfect. You would be fake. It would be so boring. Um, so, like, literally every personality type has positives and negatives. And I guess I'm just, like, not as bothered by – as I get older, I'm not as bothered by the negatives.
1: Yeah. No, I, I think that's one of the great things about getting older is that you can be – you know, like, the bad stuff about yourself and you're cool with it. Right. Yeah.
0: Right. So, wait. So, I want to talk about – I think, for us, one of the biggest differences in our personalities are – introversion versus extroversion. And I know like you talk about introversion a lot in passing on the podcast, but I thought I really want to get into it.
1: Well, it's really funny because I think that the word introvert is just so misunderstood. Like I remember when we were in San Francisco and I took all those meetings the day after the live show, Mm -hmm. people were like, oh my God, as an introvert, how do you present yourself in business and like go to these meetings and advocate for yourself. And I'm like, I'm not meek and shy. Like I will like, I can do it. It's just that I recharge by being alone later on. Like I can't be around people all day long and then all night long and everything. I remember when I had a day job, like I was a lot more, um, I didn't, I went out even less at night, like, because I just felt drained from being in an office from, you know, 8 a.m. till 7 p.m. or whatever we were working.
0: I can't remember. Have you read that book that Carly suggested, the the quiet book?
1: No, not yet. I ordered it. It came. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but I just think that introverts are very misunderstood. It doesn't mean you're shy. It doesn't mean you're antisocial because people are always like, you're so social and you're always out and you're always doing stuff. I'm like, yeah, it's part of my job. Like, it doesn't mean that I am um, like – And then like people – or like someone like Katie Sereno, Katie is an introvert and she is like the most – if you meet her, she's so gregarious and charming and social. You can be all those things.
0: But do you feel like you have to force yourself? Like your natural inclination would be to want to stay home and not do that? Well, I still like going out. I still like being
1: around people. I just will hit a breaking point where I've had too much. Mm -hmm. So – when we when we did two back to back live shows for example i like wanted to die i can do one live show and then like not have plans the next day and like have me time or like take a bath or like spend the whole day reading or working or whatever it is but i can't have like constant being on and constant being around groups of people like um i just get very drained
0: do you remember after our first live show in New York when we recorded the next day with Indie Lee? Oh, my God. It who's was so, wonderful. She's the best. But you were like, get out of my house.
1: No, we were also very hungover. Like, we took shots. It was our first show. We didn't know what we were doing. We took shots on stage with Ashley Spivey. Like, I don't think we've ever taken shots on stage no. again. We then went out and, like, got very drunk. Like, John just kept feeding me tequila soda. But you were, like, broken after that show. I was a shell of a human. And then we had very stupidly – Well, Indy also was traveling in. I think we booked her on the calendar before we'd even booked the live show. I think you're right. And so, like, we were so excited. I was, like, getting to meet one of my skincare heroes. But I was so tired and just so drained. Like, also, we didn't organize the meet and greet for that because we were like, why would we charge people to meet us? That seems so weird. But then after the show – everyone stuck around so there was still like 100 people that like wanted to socialize and I was like oh my god I think I'm gonna die like I have to go home <laughs> um so I think that was a, definitely a hangover thing but I just
0: I well I sort of like put it into perspective I think one of the most illustrative examples of our personality types were um we just did a show in DC um last month and afterwards we um like we have to get paid after the show and so like we were sitting around like waiting for them for the paperwork and whatever and um two of my friends were there and so i was like just chatting with them and um grace was sitting there and she was just like a shell and I she was shell. i was like do you want you can take an uber home if you want like you don't have to wait for me and um we didn't end up doing that but like grace was like i'm just going to like close my eyes in the car like she was like very done and i felt so bad because becca was like ready to go out like, oh i was fucking wired if i had been like let's go out she would have been like yes thank you oh my god i was wired i was like <laughs> i went home i like responded to all of the dms i like answered all these emails and then it was like 12 30 and i was like texting you and i was like i'm like i felt like i was like on coke or something like i was like it's so it's so funny i was like just so wired yeah but it's funny because it's like. It is true that it's like I, – so I think one of the things is I don't think anyone is truly one or the other because I think – not a misconception about extroverts, but it's like I I do like to be alone. Like I don't think that extroversion means you have like a fear of being alone or like you don't like quiet time because that's. I mean, I, I live by myself. I'm an only child. Like I like to be alone. I yeah. like to have a night in. But like – and I do get energy from that if I'm tired. However, like – being in a social situation like at a live show where like there's a lot of good energy in the crowd like I'm like afterwards I'm like great like
1: what's next (laughs) (laughs) yeah I know it's so funny
0: yeah yeah but I don't think anyone is really like all one or all the other like it's not binary
1: totally like I like I just don't I think that for me, it's just like hitting a breaking point. Like I am so social. Like because of my job, I'm usually out like at least three three or four nights out of the week. So it's just when you hit a breaking point.
0: And then our other difference is the T versus F. So I'm thinking and you're feeling. Yeah. I think that's true. I think you're more yeah. sens- sensitive than I am. Not in like a bad way, but – Yeah,
1: definitely. Um, Yeah. I've t- also tested T before. Oh, you have? So my two that I always test – I always test. Sorry, I and N, uh-huh. but I've had I've shown up as an I N T P before. Oh, so T T and the the last two ones can flip for me.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Is it based on like the test that you take, or is it based on like where you are in your life?
1: I think where I am in my life. I just I've taken it so many different times, and those two will flip.
0: Yeah, I actually personally. I since learning about it I think that I like the Enneagram better than I Myers-Briggs.
1: Too. I feel like I look at my Enneagram like holy shit like this is me for better or for
0: worse. Well, I think that the Myers-Briggs is very clinical where it's like yeah, this or that versus with the Enneagram there's like more um it's not so binary where it's like you're this you're introverted or extroverted, you're thinking or feeling, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I like that there's like 9 types that have like different facets of them. It's not just like you're this or that. Yeah, I agree. Um So, should we be done with personality types and talk about other things? Yes, let's talk about what we're obsessed with. Oh wait, before we do though, I feel like I want to invite everyone to the Facebook group. And I want I don't know if we should have different threads or like I don't I just want to talk about personality types with other people. Yes.
1: Let's start a thread for each one. Enneagram, Myers-Briggs, and –
0: Love language. Love language.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So if we haven't done that, someone else do it. Yeah. We'll probably do it.
0: Um, Okay. So back to obsessions. So I have two free obsessions. I haven't bought anything this week, I don't think. I haven't shopped.
1: In a whole week? In like (laughs) a couple weeks. I haven't really been shopping either. I did buy my silver dress for the, um, the November live show that we did, but
0: yeah. I bought some knitting needles on Amazon, but they're <laughs> the wrong kind. I'm not obsessed with them. Anyway. Yeah. Um, okay. So first of all, I made a, – a, well, last weekend in real life, but a couple weekends ago in podcast time, I made short ribs, and I've been looking for a short rib recipe, and I have struck out a couple of times, and I found one on the New York Times cooking Sorry. They are so
1: good. She made them for me. I loved them.
0: Um, and it's, of course, it's an Alison Roman recipe. I love everything Alison Roman does, but it's this Alison Roman garlic short ribs. <sighs> so good. You put like a whole head of garlic in it. Um, but this was insane. And I don't like, I haven't gotten Alison Roman's new cookbook. Maybe my obsession is Alison Roman. I'm unsure. Um, but the short ribs recipe is really good. But it sucks that it's only on um, New York Times Cooking, so it's behind the paywall. I actually oh. started a subscription so that I could get it.
1: Oh, my God. That's so fun! It's
0: $5 a month. But I feel like w- at least a couple times a month, I end up trying to click on – because I follow New York Times Cooking on Instagram. Yeah. And I, tr- I end up trying to click through and then hit the paywall. So I don't know. I'll pay for it for a couple months. And then the other thing – you were obsessed with this a couple weeks ago – um, I finally watched Modern Love. Oh my god, it's the best show on TV. I stand behind that. Grace, I was not prepared. It's I it's sobbed mm-hmm. my way through the first episode and the last episode. I watched the whole show in a weekend. There's only like eight episodes. I oh my god. It was it was so good, but I was not ready for that emotional breakdown. Yeah. Oh, it's the best. Really good. I think I might rewatch it. They got um, they got picked up for a second season. Oh my god, I'm so glad. That, and it's such a great concept because that show could just go on forever and ever and ever with like different actors, and I would oh I would watch it into into oblivion. Yes.
1: What's what is your obsession? So mine's a beauty thing. I've definitely talked before about Kosas. It's the brand is K O S A S. You can get it at Sephora. I've
0: been seeing it more and more places. Like
1: it's everywhere. Yeah, it really like it, I I bought it this summer. Um, I was with my friend Sarah. Have I have you met Sarah yet? Your cousin Sarah? No, my oh. friend Sarah. Her Instagram is Sarah Lou Who. I've talked about her here before. She has this really cute pixie cut, and she's like gorgeous she has the pretty like she's so pretty but she is amazing at makeup and she was like we were at the sephora event and she showed me closest and she's like you know what this is my vacation makeup which means you would probably like it for like every day because i don't wear a backhanded compliment <laughs> no no it was a compliment she, like she was always like oh you don't need a lot of makeup like blah, blah blah but and she doesn't either but she's always like she will get done up and she's just so pretty but she told me about this tinted face oil which is kind of like a – it's kind of like foundation, but it's just like very, very – it's very sheer, and it's just so pretty, and it makes you look like you're not wearing makeup, but just like have really pretty, glowy glowy skin. So I wrote a blog post all about this stuff. It's amazing. But now I'm on the brand's radar, and they sent me their new lip glosses or lip oils, I guess they're called, and they're so good. They're all so pretty. Like some of the colors, like one of them was like this bright red, and I was like – Oh, I'm not gonna like this. And I put it on, and it was like this really just juicy sheer red. I wore it mm. to dinner last night with you and Molly. Um, Again, didn't notice apparently anything yeah. about you yesterday. Yeah, um, I'm so I'm so offended. No, I'm not. Um, but their products are great. They're completely clean. They're a smaller brand. I like supporting smaller brands. I love that Sephora has been carrying a lot more like indie beauty because I feel like lately I've been going there and discovering things I haven't already seen. So can't say enough good things about this brand. Like literally every product they make is fantastic.
0: Oh, I'm I'm curious to check some of their their stuff out. Yeah, you should. What about on Instagram?
1: So mine is um, from when we were in Atlanta, Ashley Hesseltine introduced us to Tristan Watson. And we met him. Yes. And she was like, he is like the male Heather McMahon. So he's very funny. He – you, if you follow him on Instagram, it's Tristan, T-R-I-S-T-A-N, underscore Watson, W-A-T-S-O-N. And he has this highlight on his Instagram called Meal Prep, and it is just so funny. So if you want to – like I'm always looking for like more funny people to follow on Instagram. I, like highly recommend him. He's great. Um, what about you?
0: Um. So mine is a new book account that I found. So um, it is – Uh, So the account is the underscore spines. And it's this girl. She lives in Chicago. And I think that we have complimentary tastes in books. And she has a very cute bookstagram. But my complaint with a lot of bookstagrams is that it's all book photos and no people. And I like accounts that have more human behind them. I'm following her now. She's cute. She's super cute. And, you know, she does, like, stories where she talks to the camera. Like, I like uh, bookstagrams that are, like, morgan um or i can't remember this girl's name but her handles the spines like i i like when they have people behind them yeah
1: i like need a little more personality versus just the book racks.
0: yeah because i like i like to know if i'm like oh Mm -hmm. why do you like this who are you Mm -hmm. you know but i'm i'm newly into her i just followed what about books i'm very excited By what yours is. So I am right now, I'm about halfway through The Gifted
1: School. What do you think? Which you recommended to me. Um, So it started out slow at first, but I'm really into it now. Oh, um, it's great. I think it's very much like Big Little Lies. Yeah. But like maybe a little more literary than that. Yeah, I agree. Um, It's great.
0: It's really good. It was a sleeper hit for me where it was like something that I wasn't sure I was going to like that much. And then I ended up like being obsessed with. Yeah, I... They sent
1: it to me and I was like, oh, I'm – because it, it's already out. Like they sent me an Yeah, it's a couple months arc. old. So they must have sent it to me like six months ago and clearly I did not prioritize it. But it's great.
0: Yeah, I'm really into it. It's like parents behaving badly. Carly just started it last night. So oh, did she? We're going to have to find out what she thinks. <sighs> okay. Yeah. Um. So in mine, I started this book that's coming out next year. It's called Perfect Tunes by Emily Gould. And Emily Gould is like an internet person that I've – tangentially followed for a long time she used to be at um, gawker and jezebel and she's written a couple non-fiction books and this is her first fiction book and it's about these girls in um, I think it's like the early 2000s and uh, late 90s who moved to New York City and um, one of them is trying to be a musician and the other one is like a makeup artist slash stylist, and um it it's kind of giving me vibes of like Daisy Jones and the six because it has like a big music component. Mm. Um I'm only probably like 30 pages in, but I'm really enjoying it so far.
1: That sounds good.
0: And it comes out next year. I think it comes out in March or April. Okay. But yeah, fun. Well, maybe should we give a book plug to our November book?
1: Yes. So our November book is one of my favorite books that I read. I think that we read it this summer for the first time. But it's called We Came Here to Forget by Andrea Dunlop. And it's kind of like a thriller with a cute kind of romance sidebar story to it. So basically this woman um, basically put her whole life on hold to pursue professional skiing but she her family has like a very dark past and something really terrible happened. So um it's very dark there's a thriller it's there's a thrilling component of it. It's a great book. Can't recommend it enough. We also will have the author coming on for a bonus episode. You're going to love it. So pick it up and read it.
0: Yeah. And if you would like more of us, come to our Facebook group and talk to us about your personality type. And then um, follow us on Instagram at Bad on Paper Podcast. And I'm on Instagram at Becca M. Freeman.
1: I'm on Instagram at Grace Atwood. And I blog every day at thestripe.com.
0: And please leave us a review. Yes, do it. Okay, bye. Bye.